Welcome to Transition Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode we are going to be talking about a game which was embargoed last week and we couldn't speak about previously on Orbit. Oh sorry Transition. <laughs> WWE 2K18, Forza 7, Star Wars Battlefront 2 Beta and the games we've been playing this week. And to do that we have as always our games editor Rishi Alwani. Good morning. And friend of the podcast Mikhail Madnani who's pop, also pop. known <laughs> as Pum Pum <laughs> what too early for memes man yeah and I'm your host Pranay Parab so the secret embargo top secret game of the year so yeah the game we were referring to in the last podcast which we couldn't talk about was i mean if you kind of didn't guess it because i made it kind of obvious towards the end by saying my precious is uh, yeah shadow of war and uh, the game's out today uh, at the time of recording this podcast uh, most people i mean a lot of people have already got their hands on it uh, we were fortunate enough to have the review on the day of its embargo which was last week uh, and uh, the game is surprisingly good um shockingly so i mean all things considered you know what the amount of negative publicity prior to release uh, it seems that uh, for the for most part warner brothers do have a solid game i mean there are don't get me wrong it's not perfect particularly with with its representation of giant spiders mike i think you have a lot of opinions on that <laughs> so uh if you go into this expecting like everything to be true to the source material like get ready to be disappointed but even as a like a huge lord of the rings fan and uh, someone who's still trying to get through the silmarillion and like failing i think i'd pay for loot boxes to make it easier to read the silmarillion <laughs> but uh, yeah aside from that it's really good uh, i'm quite surprised that not just the 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 structure of it the scale of it the scale is insane it's probably one of the biggest games ever i'd say uh i wouldn't go that far in my opinion simply because it just feels like just super big like if you look at uh uh i'd say okay witcher 3 obviously mm-hmm. but uh, if you compare to the other uh, aaa budget games like in the same league like even even gta 5 didn't feel this big oh yeah in terms of i mean so uh for those of you who don't know in shadow of war you essentially Uh, you're tasked with creating an army to take on Sauron himself. And that's, like, that's uh, the end goal. There are a few regions, like each region is pretty unique and all that, but it just feels like so huge. Yeah, so you have like, uh, so, so aside from the opening mission, I mean the opening uh, area, which is Minas Ithil, you end up going to places like Saragost and uh, Nurmen, which are basically forested areas. You end up going to like wastelands, which are similar to Mount Doom. You end up going to uh, wintry areas like Saragost. So you end up going to all these areas, and your your job there is to basically take uh, is to basically lay siege to the orc fortress over there, uh, which are run by Sauron's forces, and claim that as your own. And at the end of it, your your main goal is to you know take back uh, Minas Tirith and you know take uh, take the fight to Sauron. That's the entire goal of the game. Uh, there's also a story to it, surprisingly. uh which has you uh, trying to help out the survivors and the resistance in Gondor uh where a lot of the game takes place so uh it's i mean to start with yeah it's not exactly that something that's completely newbie friendly if you've played the last game you have you have which is shadow of mordor you'll have an idea of what to expect uh but uh, even as a standalone title it's okay only because they have an opening card scene that explains what went down in the last game but uh, that aside i mean yeah in terms of pure gameplay it's a lot of fun uh you essentially play the role of this uh, undead ranger 
who shares his body with the spirit of a of an elf lord known known as Celebrimbor, and uh, you basically you know lay waste to hordes of orcs in the same way you'd play Batman or Assassin's Creed. So for most part, the combat works fine. Uh, the the whole process of uh, building up an orc army is pretty cool. You end up tapping into the into the hierarchy of orcs and figure out which war chief you want to conscript into your army and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I do I do understand and I do get behind a lot of the complaints around the game uh, in terms of uh, how grindy it can get. Because a lot of times when you end up trying to get uh, a, a high-powered legendary orc or an epic orc onto your side, you have to make sure that you're, you're of a higher level or the same level as him. If not, you have to shame the guy, which reduces his level by like four or five levels, and then fight him again to get him to join you. So this ends up being a bit of a grindy experience, and that's where I and that's where the loot boxes and monetization come in. And uh, I don't know, dep- we like honestly, uh, there have been some conflicting reports on how this all plays out. We've seen the likes of well, uh, you know, Total Biscuit and uh, e- and uh, EGM and Gamespot claiming that the ending is super grindy and getting there is super grindy, but then. Uh, and to the point where they say you have to spend money to get there, and uh, that's not been my experience at least. And I and I'm not the only one. Even the guys at IGN have said the same thing. Yeah, in fact, uh, what a lot of people need to realize is, uh, while there are people who are trying to tell you that, oh, this you have to buy loot box and all, you don't. You can ignore it. Yeah, you might have to grind a bit more depending on how you play and what encounters you get into and all that. But you you don't need to buy stuff. It's not it's not a game which was built from the ground up for microtransactions. These were some things which were added like with balance stuff later, according to me. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far as to say it was added later because okay, w- it 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 wasn't the core design of it like another game we're going to talk about in a bit. Oh yeah, but then I, I don't know. I think it's also to me at least it seems that microtransactions forms a part of. It forms an integral part of design, but it's at least one you can ignore. No, so it's uh, like, okay, it'll have the loot boxes and all that, which you can unlock and stuff, but it's not, uh, uh, I don't, I didn't feel like it reminded me multiple times of it saying that, oh, you know, you should oh, yeah, buy this yeah, and all. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it wasn't won't. nagging about it. Yeah, it doesn't nag you about it. And It's the, a bad thing. Like, obviously yeah. having microtransactions in a single player game is a bad thing, but it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. And more, most importantly, uh, and this is something we've covered in depth on our site. You can ch- you can check out this story on Gadget360.com about how we uh, on how to actually play the game without microtransactions. It's quite simple, and it's something you should you should do if you're sensitive with these things, like I was. I, I, I'm playing. I I've ended up playing the game on two machines, on the PS4 and the Xbox One. The PS4 version is completely offline, and I haven't felt the need to spend money to go forward. Uh, while the Xbox One version, yeah, is completely online with the marketplace and everything. And as Mike said, uh, you don't have to spend money. You're never, it's never nagging you anywhere. Like you know, Forza Seven telling you to spend at any given interval. And that's where I think it's a little less offensive. But yeah, that's something to keep in mind. All right then. So you want to talk about the other game which was designed from the ground up with microtransactions in mind? So, so we've already spoken about that on the last episode. But uh, ever since then, there have been some interesting developments for it. Uh, for one, uh, the way the Xbox One and Windows Store works is uh, the ba- the interface and all has an online component to it. On the Xbox One, in some parts of the UI are internet dependent. So uh, for people in Australia, they don't have a server there. So they connect to Singapore. So the interface is more laggy for them because of this. Now, what happened is uh, there's something wrong with the license verification or something for Forza 7 where people who owned it digitally or from the disk 
and people who even bought it that day could not download it or launch the game this lasted for like i think 6 hours or 7 hours or something where uh, there are people who spent 100 dollars to buy your game which they should not spend 100 dollars on or not even 60 at this point given how terrible some things are in it but they couldn't launch it this happened to me as well and uh, turn 10 posted an update saying we've resolved the issues and it should work now well it didn't i managed getting it to launch thanks to someone on reddit who uh, had this idea of uh, network cycling the xbox one and then doing a f- hard reboot on it and then trying to go online and then it worked hmm. uh aside from that uh, if you've been paying attention to the vip stuff with uh, the vip pass uh, they reverted the uh, what vip means to forza to what it was in forza 6 horizon 3 and all where you just get double credits and they're going to roll that out in an update soon uh but to reward people who had vip they actually gave uh gift cards and they gave people 1 million credits uh the gift cards haven't downloaded for a lot of people so they just show up in your message center in the game and you can't do anything to them so uh well done i'd say uh i don't just whatever this game just gets even more disappointing with each day i'd say at this point and yeah. uh, what's amusingly is it seems that uh, fans have taken note because sales are down i think 20 to 22% at least in in core markets like europe yeah they're down from compared to forza 6 but compared yes. to horizon 3 they're down by like 60% yeah, yeah. which is good because more people are buying better games so. yeah but then uh, this also goes to show right that at the end of it uh, microsoft's approach seems to be um getting more than $60 per user the pro seems to be raising that ticket price to raise that, that the amount of money people spend on the game which therefore goes which which therefore in my opinion means that even though you're 22% down versus Forza 6 or you're 60% down versus Forza Horizon 3 it still works out okay in the end not really because But you you already have the same things going on in the other games forza 6 had a token real money system that's going to get patched into this one forza 6 also had vip forza 6 also had uh, expansion passes like the forza games if you want everything it's going to cost you 130 dollars that's like a known thing now so then here's a que- here's a question how 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 bad is it going to be in forza horizon 4 that's the worst part like uh, You know when people were saying oh Microsoft's going to ruin Age of Empires 4 because it's going to be on the Windows store and all that like at least the game will probably be competent here I don't care where it is you can put it on Steam also if you want but it's going to be garbage if they continue what they've done over here with Horizon 4 but uh, we might not see Horizon 4 next year because Playground Games has been working on this new IP which quote unquote might be multi-platform so uh we'll have to see what happens with that Yeah, that's also one. I thing don't think they'd be able to do both Horizon Four and this. I mean, Microsoft would love to force them to, but I don't know if they'll be able to do it. True, that's also there. And but it's a good thing only. I mean, it's not like uh, there was anything lacking in Horizon Three. And I feel that after making such a great game, sometimes these studios should just take a bit of a break. Oh, they should. But yeah. then, like, we got Forza Horizon One, which uh, I didn't really like because I guess because I played it after two and three. If I played it at that time, maybe I would have liked it a lot more. But when I played two, completely blown away. Yeah. Then three. built on almost everything loved it so uh like literally you could just keep doing expansions like how good was the hot wheels expansion yeah it was sure oh who knows man maybe playground games is actually working on a open world successor of burnout burnout paradise to the actual paradise city <laughs> okay <laughs> believe yeah all right then so you guys want to talk about uh, wwe 2k18 yeah uh so both rishi and i interviewed uh, the executive producer of wwe 2k18 mark little uh at the preview event uh, which took place last week, last week uh, in fact like soon after we recorded last episode of transition uh 
both of us played it we played a good amount of it this was on a ps4 pro debug unit uh, got to try out almost everything in the game except for the online modes obviously yeah so uh, this happened the same day they announced the road to glory mode so we obviously couldn't check that out for those of you who are unaware the road to glory mode in wwe 2k18 is essentially a let's uh, let you take your character or your my player as uh, 2k calls it uh, onto the online space and take part in events and uh, matches which are based on the WWE 2K uh, sorry on the WWE pay-per-view schedule so uh, and and while the pay-per-view is obviously an event that la- uh, on TV that la- that lasts for a couple of hours uh though in the game in the gaming in the game itself that event is well uh, stretches over a week or two and lets you get uh, I think a some, weekend they said not a week or two uh they said a little more than a weekend okay and uh, and those uh, rewards and, and you get cool stuff in, uh, including rewards bragging rights and all that stuff for your character in WWE 2K18 so uh aside from the road to glory they also spoke about some changes to my career mode they showed off uh, uh i mean we sat through a presentation show, saw the new visuals saw the new engine new gameplay changes like a new carry system uh and also like we played around with some of the accessibility options which is kind of like how forza 7 has the assists which you can enable or disable to make your game more arcadey or more simulation which is good because a uh, turning of stamina fatigue and all is uh, like i mean those things are just annoying anyway and the game feels a little slow but uh, lighting is a, is really improved looks much better there were some performance issues or i'd say performance design decisions because uh, if two wrestlers go out of the ring and go towards both the extreme sides it goes into a split screen instead of uh, how it used to be on uh, i'd say like smackdown 2 and all where the camera would just zoom out so over here you have two zoomed in split screen views and the frame rate drops to 30 fps at least that's what it was on the debug unit which we were on hmm. and this is a near final build they said uh, they'd like to have it at 60 and they're working on it but uh, that's what we went through now but uh, compared to last year where there was a ton of screen tearing and there was a lot of frame drops here and there uh, performance was steady uh, except for the split screen mode uh, split screen mode backstage was even worse i'd say i think it dropped below 30 but uh, yeah speaking of backstage mode the area was uh, a lot bigger than it was last time more interactive was fun but uh, still like doesn't hold a candle to a wcw backstage assault which was a ps1 <laughs> game so i don't know but in this time around in the backstage mode you have uh, three new areas you have an office you have the lockers and you have a limo for some reason uh and yeah uh, the commentary on the whole was a little spotty and to me that was one of the downside. it was pretty terrible honestly like, so in one in one match i was playing as ultimate warrior mike was playing as goldberg i think no i was playing as triple h triple h yeah. and uh, uh he was i was being he was being the crap out of me and yet the commentator said triple h is winning so sorry uh, ultimate no, warrior no, no. is winning what, what they actually made so a mistake weird. on was for one michael cole still is very vague so the commentary they just like oh that was such a nice move and stuff like that and while they did uh, record all of it with all three commentators together to make it seem more natural which it did it's still vague it's not good commentary it's not even close to how it is in nba and i'd say not even as good as how it is on like my one hour with fifa 18 on the switch so uh, like i uh, i think i did a pedigree with triple h and they said oh what a nice finishing move by the ultimate warrior or something so that yes, was like so that's pretty yeah <laughs> that's i mean cool. it's yeah so i mean I- that aside uh, we did get confirmation that the that uh, visual concepts and ux the studios behind it 
are targeting uh, 60 FPS on PS4, Xbox One, uh, PC. Uh, Switch version, we I had a bunch of questions about the Switch version, uh, uh, such as, you know, are they actually going to have the same online functionality? And uh, according to them, it's plain and simple. Uh, they're waiting to see what happens with NBA uh, uh, 2K18 before committing to what online connectivity options the Switch version has. But the I, but the end goal is parity across all platforms. Uh, at the same time, they are also uh, Mark, Li Mark Little also talked about uh, microtransactions in the game. Uh, so in this game, uh, you can't buy any in-game currency with real cash. Everything is done through the in-game economy. And the logic here is to create a game where there's checks and balances. So the microtransactions are only valid in the road to glory mode. They're not uh, accessible in any other game mode. Uh, and uh, it, the, the, the microtransactions are essentially loot crates where you get boosts or where you get boosts. Now these boosts can help you uh, max out some core stats like uh, endurance or resiliency and stuff like that. But at the same time, uh, the high level ones also give you some negative effects like probably lower stamina. So that's how they're trying to in incorporate some checks and balances into the entire system. Uh, it seems like this game hasn't been designed with microtransactions in mind, which is a good thing, uh, which means whatever they're doing on top of it in terms of boosts, uh, and the fact that it's only related to the road to glory mode, which is an online mode, uh, is actually a good thing in my opinion. I have a feeling this could turn out to be similar to the gear system in, in uh, Injustice 2. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's basically, uh, that, that's basically a system in Injustice 2 that lets you have modifiers to how your characters play, to how your versions of Batman, Superman and the like play out with small, small increments. Now, personally, not a fan of it, but I can see the appeal. So yeah, that's good to know they're restricting it to that. Um, also, which was which was fun is that we asked them about uh, cross-platform play, whether you know someone on Xbox One will be able to play against someone on a PS4. Uh, and uh, long story, the the short answer is ask Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. Long answer, which is the fascinating one, was uh, the fact that cross-platform play isn't as easy as uh, flipping a switch. Pun unintended. <laughs> um, there, there, there's a lot. There's a, there's, a, there's a huge legal aspect that comes into it, and that's something not too many game executives have been very candid about. I mean, we've seen Sony give excuses like think of the children and we've seen Microsoft say things, oh, we'd love for it to happen. It just sounds so effort. It sounds effortlessly simple from either party to say yes or no to it. But uh, what but the insight we did get from, uh, from Mark Little was uh, the fact that there's a legal aspect to it. There's the aspect that, okay, if, uh, if, if, if someone on the PS4 is playing versus someone on the Xbox One, what if the server of one of the, of one of the services goes down? What if mm. the server of PlayStation Network goes down or the servers for Xbox Live go down? What happens then? Or what happens if uh, someone on PlayStation is playing with a certain microtransaction against someone on the Xbox One? How do you treat those then? So uh, to me, the biggest stumbling block, it appears, uh, seems to be more on the commercial and uh, commercial aspect seems to be more on the customer service aspect more than, you know, the tech. Because the tech seems to be there. It's been proven even by games like Fortnite, which, you know, slyly switched it on for a few for, for a few hours where people on PS4 could play against people on Xbox One and then they switched it off because, you know, they weren't supposed to switch it on. So uh, it was interesting to hear their opinions on it. And what's, 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 what's fun is that uh, 2K is more or less ready and willing to do it. Uh, that's, that, that's the feeling we got. They essentially said that's what the fans want. And when it is an, and when it is made possible, if it's made possible, they'll be in. So that's that is good to hear. Uh, yeah. The other important thing is this is the first time the PC version releases day and date with the PS4 yes. and Xbox One. Now, uh, when I when I asked him about uh, the new engine and how they could drop support for PS3 and 360, now he obviously said that uh, 
some fans would like them to continue because some fans haven't moved to the newer platforms but uh, dropping support for those allowed them to work on the pc version and bring it day and date with console uh if you aren't if you don't know pc version is going to be 999 in india uh it's probably going to be region locked in fact almost 90 like almost 100 percent uh and if you buy it at retail it's a code and box with like probably 40 to 50 gb minimum download uh and i uh the switch version obviously releases later but he did say that uh the goal is to have everything released on the same day so going forward they'd hopefully want to do that uh for ps4 pro and xbox one x though uh he said that uh, as of now they don't look too much different too much more different from the ps4 and xbox one base versions uh, he said that internally they can scale the resolution if they want or something, but was a little vague about that. But uh, he did say that post-launch they would look at 4K support for those consoles. Yeah, now uh, in that aside, what is also of uh, interesting to note, especially for those who are fans, is that uh, the entire focus is to get uh, all platforms having the same content, which is really cool. And, uh, and it was also nice to hear is that uh, they share that for the single-player mode, for those of you who like single-player modes in games like this like me uh the writing talent on the game is uh shared with wwe so there are some writers on 2k's team on visual concepts team who've worked at uh, on wwe shows and are now working at uh at uh, at visual concepts and vice versa and even uh he did mention that uh, a lot of their uh, mocap crew uh ends up going to the wwe and you know working as wrestlers there as well there's a lot of poaching that keeps happening but yeah the game's shaping out to be a pretty interesting upgrade from last year it's not exactly you know a hundred percent oh my god this is so new so different but it seems to be a step in the right direction all right then um you guys want to talk about star wars battlefront 2 so yeah there was a beta for star wars battlefront 2 that got over uh, i think a, a, a couple of days ago and um i don't know what to say it's just like if you're a fan of it don't if you're a fan of star wars don't play it if you're a fan of the last battlefront game don't play it if you like your opinion of Star Wars and if you have a positive opinion of EA, don't play it. Just don't play it. Like, do not play Star Wars Battlefront 2. I cannot stress this enough. And the reasons are aplenty. Uh, I mean, I spent a good amount of time playing the beta. So firstly, the Galactic Assault mode is pretty much disappointing. If you compare it to how it played out in the last game, those are there's, those are huge sprawling maps with huge sprawling ob- objectives such as the Ice Planet Hoth where you had ATT walkers, ATAT walkers uh, peppering the landscape. Here you're on Naboo which is basically a city street. It felt like a wannabe Call of Duty alley literally and it didn't do it, it didn't do wonders to heighten my impression of it. Uh, secondly, the idea of classes uh, while nice and it's nice to see in a, in a Star Wars game wherein you can play as a specialist class which lets you... Uh, uh, sniff out all the enemies in your area and g- gives you an assist every time your, your 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 squad mates kill them, and even the officer class that lets you heal your heal or buff up your your allies is really cool. But uh, the, to me, the differences seem very uh, uh, very superficial. Aside from these abilities, they almost play out like one like similar. They 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 play out quite similarly to one another. Hand, the handling isn't too great. The gunplay isn't uh, that that great. You'd think that there'd be a little better gunplay compared to the last one. There'd be a greater variety of weapons, at least. That doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, and, I mean, you, you have space combat, which lets you get into an X-Wing or a TI fighter, which is really nice. But then the handling is so poor, it's not even funny. You can't pull off split-second turns. You can't do hairpins. You can't do anything, literally. So it's super sluggish in that regard. But uh, the biggest offender is the fact that in multiplayer, 
your abilities are defined by the loot crates you open. And according to current calculations, you have to play six and a half matches to get a single loot crate. Um, and to me, that's the big problem right there. I mean, you can't hide uh, core gameplay uh, features. You can't hide essential mechanics behind a loot crate. You can't randomize that. You can, right? Forza 7 is doing it. Yeah, and that's the problem. This shouldn't have to happen in a $60 game. This shouldn't have to happen in a game that costs, I think, four two nine nine in India. Uh, this is just the epitome of greed. And this is the core reason why you shouldn't pick up Battlefront 2. Everything else could be fixed. Everything else might is, is probably just work in progress. Heck, everything else could just be from an older build. But when you have something as fundamental as locking out abilities, weapons, and access to uh, access to, to you know critical stuff that could make you, that could help your game, it's a problem right there. So, uh, interesting thing to note about this is Battlefront Two uh, is three triple nine in India and five triple nine if you get the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition. Uh, these two games are not going to get a season pass. Uh, these these versions are not going to get a season pass. Uh, EA and Dice have said that all content maps, everything will be free in patches. Uh, they don't want to segment the player base like they do usually with Battlefield Premium, Battlefront One Premium, and the likes. Uh, the Elite uh, Trooper Deluxe Edition lets you play the game earlier, uh, November fourteenth versus November seventeenth, but. Uh, it also has some uh, whatever in-game content as expected from these things. But uh, I think the price to pay for not having a $50, which is the usual season pass for dice games, is uh, loot boxes basically making you want, have to pay in some cases. But uh, as someone who's probably going to buy this for the single player, like I don't get do whatever you want with the multiplayer. I don't know. It, it just seems yeah, fine. I mean, I don't think this is the price of... Uh, not having an expansion pass. I think this is... There's, I mean, you can still have an expansion pass. You can still have microtransactions. You can do all, all you want. But then at the end of the day, don't lock out uh, core functionality. Don't lock out the don't lock out players from getting new abilities and new features behind loot boxes and randomization. That's, just, that's basically a sick uh, way of keeping people back on playing the game. It's, it's not... It's people... When people play the game, they don't. They want to feel happy playing it, right? They don't want to feel like they're locked into playing it because of this loot, because of this loop. It, it's essentially allowing and enabling uh, people with addictive or gambling personal uh, addictive personalities to tap into it. And what you're doing here is you're not you're not helping anyone out. You're just putting people into a downward spiral. So I don't think this is the good kind of addiction, or this is any kind of addiction that should be happening in a triple A $60 game. I mean, I get it, right? That $60 gets you access and $130, $150, whatever gives you the full experience. I understand that. But when you lock out something that's core to the gameplay behind a loot box, I think there's a major problem there. Hmm, all right then, so... And which is, make and what makes it even more amusing is games like uh, PUBG and Shadow of War, while getting ridiculed and revealed, uh, reviled for microtransactions, are far less. Uh, I mean, their, their efforts are far, their efforts are far less insidious. Mm -hmm. So that's a little tragic that it's come to that. Where you know, Star Wars on the name alone needs microtransactions on a sixty dollar game. So uh, the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, uh, it has uh, instant access to some heroes you would unlock through progression. This is just like the Deluxe Edition for Battlefront One, which gave you uh, 
some very useful abilities like i think the jetpack ability uh, a few of the uh, rifles it gave you instant access while you would earlier have to reach particular levels through gameplay to get them yep so uh, and it all it also has the last jedi heroes pack which is like a pre order thing to tie into the new movie and stuff like that and uh, yeah you basically pay a lot for 3 day early access what i don't get is uh, how an edition which costs uh, $60 was 60 and $80 becomes 4000 and 7000 over here so yeah like if you're going to pick up the elite trooper deluxe edition you might want to get it digitally it might be cheaper in some cases because it's definitely not worth 6000 or you can just or you can just go on steam and pick up republic commando instead that was a good star wars first person shooter no one cares it's really good no one cares about that you play oh, as a star oh, oh, why not just like watch star trek because it's better than star wars but yeah that's for another aren't episode. they the same thing okay before we derail this podcast entirely let's talk about the games we've been playing this week uh, i'd like to just you know quickly make a comment about ea games i don't think there's any single ea game that's come out in the last two years or so that has like uh, really I don't know. Been some critical and commercial success, and has excited me. Maybe some of the Battlefield games. I guess I'd say Battlefield One. Yeah, commercial games, uh, Battlefield One and Battlefront were really successful. Yeah. But critically, I'd say Titanfall Two. But then but again, then Titanfall Two had more to do with the developer than EA, yeah. because Giant Max is always going to be good. <laughs> but then again, the developer messed up multiplayer. Yeah, so nothing that has excited me as such. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda was. Uh, I mean, EA itself abandoned the game, so. Yeah, yeah. disappointing. Yeah, so nothing great coming out of that studio anymore. And even this uh, Need for Speed Payback is coming up next, right? So yeah, that's also not looking particularly exciting. The don't, trailer and all was good. Don't hate on the Fast and the Furious, dude. Yeah, exactly. It's so, not like just looks like that. Over, but okay. Yeah, so I mean, just like Fast and the Furious, that franchise, even Need for Speed, should just be like put to bed now. No, like EA needs to get into the remaster game. I need my NFS Underground 4K <laughs> remaster, bro. <laughs> I mean, but they did remaster Need for Speed Most Wanted, right? Mm. And Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, right? Yeah, but Most Wanted's remaster was good. Hot Pursuit, no one cares about. It's Then again, technically they game. weren't remasters, just reimaginings with the same name. Most Wanted yeah. was good though. Like I'd say that's the last good NFS game they've released. I, I don't like anything after that. I'd say Hot Pursuit was the last good one. I didn't even like Most Wanted. So yeah, but yeah. Yeah. All right then, Mike. What have you been playing? Please name some weird game that nobody has heard of. Gundam versus. <laughs> So Rishi's size heard wait, of it though. So so, so size released a game. Yeah. Okay, then tell us more. So uh, Gundam versus is uh, a brawler two v two focused uh, game where you play in uh, basically giant mechs. Uh, the focus is two v two, but it also has single player mode. But it plays a lot like Virtual On, which is this old Sega game. I know that game. I spent a lot of time playing. Yeah. That game. So it's basically uh, that with. Uh, a lot of interesting mechanics with the uh, like since it's two versus two like you have to play out strategies with your team and you have to like look at health gauges for your partner and for your team because this isn't just like defeat your opponent and you win the game you have to you have a pool of health for both people each mech suit has its own cost the higher cost ones are more powerful but then when you get defeated like it takes out a larger pool of your health So there are a lot of strategy. Then there are like four different boosts which you can use to move around. Like obviously giant robots, so you can fly around and all. Uh, lots of lots of interesting melee mechanics, shooting and all. Pretty complicated. Uh, tutorial does a good job, but uh, I'd say yeah, like anyone who's interested in uh, anything Gundam or Mechs, they should look into this because online is also lively. Uh, managed playing quite a few games with people both in the US and in Japan online. Almost no lag. Which platform was this? This is PS4 exclusive. Cool. Uh, 
it's actually a thing which started in arcades in like 2001 or 2 uh Gundam versus games like and they've done like a ton of them since then the last one was on Vita last year it's called extreme no mobile suit gundam extreme versus force so mm. uh this one's just called gundam versus it's available and it has worldwide servers which is the best thing so uh, there are people playing almost at all times mm. uh wouldn't expect people in india to be playing it because uh one is uh, these namco bandai games don't make their way here uh india has been uh, given the pleasure of only playing garbage like those naruto ultimate ninja games and maybe one piece once in a while hey come on don't forget ridge racer uh there hasn't been one in a while and the last one which released was that vita game which was like five tracks or something and you had to buy dlc no man you're hey, forgetting the google play and ios version of ridge racer but those don't release physically in india <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so uh so yeah it's it runs really well looks really nice uh, if you're a fan of any of the gundam shows it has stuff even from iron blooded orphans which is the newest one mm, yeah. so uh is very good uh i'd say uh look into it if you like virtual on and uh, arms and stuff like that because they all use the same movement mechanic where you're like always locked on so but the 2v2 part is really a lot of fun uh, other than that been playing cuphead uh now trying to do everything uh in this pacifist mode which is like super hard and i also have to beat one of the bosses in the regular mode because i played it on easy mode wait what is a pacifist mode you try and like not use bullets at all like it's this challenge thing okay so you like you have to jump and stuff and parry and all like it's really complicated is But, it an in game thing or is it uh, something that the community thought is a good idea I am I haven't seen if it's an in-game thing because I think there's one which unlocks when you finish the game. I haven't finished the final boss because I have one boss to defeat in the regular difficulty still. Mm-hmm. So, uh it's just this thing my friend told me you should try and do these particular bosses with uh, without doing this. So I'm like, yeah, fine. Uh Wait, you have friends? Yeah. Okay. Somehow on this podcast. Cool. So, uh Cuphead's basically it's not a platformer. There are a few platforming sections or levels I'd say, but it's mostly a boss rush mode game with shoot 'em up mechanics and it's super hard. So, and also if you have any nostalgia to old cartoons and the likes from like the early Tom and Jerry or even uh, it's actually from the 1930s era animation and they do a really good job with that. Music's also fantastic. Uh it's it has that uh, super meat boy like uh, uh, i need to try this one more time thing uh, but i'd say uh, might not want to get it on xbox one right now because the load times are a little high so when you want to restart a boss fight immediately and keep trying having like 15 seconds kind of puts you off is it a play anywhere title yes uh, it is yeah so get on pc then yeah uh it's i don't understand what they've done with the pc version because when i ha- i have it on steam as well it's like 1.9 gb over there but the windows 10 and xbox one versions are 11 gb so mm. not sure what happened there so uh, yeah basically cuphead and uh, yeah i'm also looking forward to playing that game i'll probably like start uh, tomorrow okay uh, yeah any like tips and suggestions for me apart from the fact that i mean uh, obviously i'm going to be playing it on xbox one um, like i'm looking forward to it because uh, like i really like the xbox one controller i like it more than the ps4 controller uh, and like i it's, i mean 360 controller is still my favorite i mean i i like it more than the xbox one controller and i i had a really good time playing super meat boy back in the day with the 360 controller so uh tips i'd say is uh, get used to like almost breaking your controller by like button mashing in some mm. cases or if you have the elite controller you can use those paddles really well which is what i tried doing later on you can just map some buttons to that so like it it helps for mashing stuff 
uh other than that just get used to dying a lot and like getting really frustrated but uh, very well designed game deserves all the praise lived up to the hype completely mm. other than that uh, start playing stardew valley finally released on the on switch, the switch yeah. yeah yeah so uh, already put in probably 10 times as much time on this as i did on both steam and ps4 like mm. those versions are complete waste do not need those to <laughs> exist anymore uh this game works perfectly in handheld mode i mean i've already been playing uh, the story of seasons or harvest moon games on 3ds and on vita so this is basically just that with uh, quality of life improvements and modern conveniences i'd say a uh, very good game if you just want some a relaxing experience and it runs really well the only thing is uh, it has this unreal engine bug apparently where uh, uh, there's some audio tracks will start having this weird cracking sound or something kind of like the iphone 8 issue which got fixed and they already have submitted a patch or are working on it and they fixed the bug so uh, just keep that in mind otherwise it's really good plays really well in handheld mode dock mode just very impressed with the port so yeah mm, all right uh, rishi aside from playing the star wars battlefront 2 beta which well i mean as you heard very disappointing and aside from playing shadow of war for review uh i've ended up playing a ton of this game called golf story which is as i think mike described last podcast is a 16 bit uh, styled rpg on the nintendo switch where uh, you essentially play this guy who wants to get good at golf and uh, thinks he's got talent and at the same time there's this cool sub story going around where uh, the course he's at got bought out by this really spoiled brat and there's a lot of uh, underhand activities going on like say selling counterfeit goods it's an interesting game uh, a lot of uh, meta humor references to old games which is a lot of fun uh, the mechanics are exceedingly simple so that makes it even cooler to play so yeah, i've been playing that uh, and uh, just easing myself back into overwatch because the halloween event begins i think today or tomorrow so yeah i've just been playing those two all right and i have been playing okay i have a confession to make sometimes when reviewing games like uh, can't exactly finish them 100% i think there are quite a few games where i have like maybe the last one or two levels pending because you know uh, there was a review deadline to meet and i already had played like i don't know 10 or 12 hours and just could not like play any further before i had to start writing so the sexy brutal full house edition was one of those games where i think literally the last one was remaining for me and it was like really as is struggling to find time to play it i think i don't know it's been 3 months since i reviewed it 2 or 3 months now so yeah sat and finished that it's totally worth it the story just gets better and better and better and like as you finish it uh, like there's a surprise at the end a twist and yeah it's a really well done game overall like it's it's uh, pretty difficult puzzles and yeah la- the last character is basically like you're saving uh, saving your own character uh, which is lafcadio boon spoilers no i mean that's spoilers. that's not a spoiler like there are seven guests to save and lafcadio boon is one of them so you're sa- uh, saving uh, boon and after that is the real spoiler where like you know the plot there's a big plot twist and things change a lot Uh, but the way they've told the story really good it's not just a you know normal puzzle game there's like a proper story attached to it so yeah i really enjoyed that and apart from that also played a bit of pyre once more which is also one of those games where like some bit of it is pending for me uh, i think i'll be finishing that soon and up next on that list is mass effect andromeda where i think i've 100%ed all the planets but you know i haven't taken the main story forward to its conclusion so what you're almost platinuming it Uh, no no i i am no, not anywhere close to platinum in any game presenting all the planets yeah but still it's it's very hard to get a platinum trophy and honestly i i don't have that kind of time i just want to finish the main story now which is almost done i think there's one mission to go or something which is a large mission nice and uh, then i'll be done 
and, uh, and yeah. then after that you can play the Mass Effect and Andromeda expansion pass oh yeah wait. I mean you know basically play nothing right exactly give up gaming <laughs> 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 yeah and then uh, I've also been playing uh, everybody's golf as it's very clear by now um, I booted my PS4 after a long time and started finishing games that were pending so yeah everybody's golf uh, is an, is a golfing game unlike golf story which is more of an RPG um, yeah, you sit there and you, it's basically a three button mash thing where you like, uh, press the circle once to start your shot, uh, second time for par and third time for timing and accuracy. Okay. So quick note, uh, you're saying press circle because you're playing on a retail copy, which is for the Asian region. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you buy a copy at retail in India, uh, we follow the system where you press X and not O hmm. on the controller while uh, Japan and Asian territories for Sony have circle or O for confirm and yep. for inputs basically. So yeah. Just yeah. So that was quite confusing for me. Like initially I, I kept wondering, I'm pressing, I'm pressing X, nothing is happening. It's canceling everything. It's taking me out of every minute. At least you did this in uh, everybody's golf. Like I was figuring this out while playing Bloodborne because I had an Asia <laughs> copy. <of it>. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. More yeah. Like, <laughs> more like prepare to cry. Am I right? So yeah. Um, Pretty fun game, like very easy to pick up, very, very nice uh, in terms of its aesthetic and all. It's a like overall lighthearted game. There's no seriousness involved. And like even when you are competing against challenge uh, opponents, which is like a 1v1 battle, uh, it's still like the, you know, even if you win, the person will be like, congratulations and I'm so glad you won and I'll try again. And the next boss will be a little harder. Be ready for that challenge. It's not like, you know, like no, uh, not trash talking and all of that. So there's no seriousness in there. And uh, overall quite enjoyable, but... There's too much grinding involved in this. Um, first of all, it has only like five courses and I think three more are available via this deluxe pack uh, or maybe like some DLC which you can not buy in India at this point. Uh, so that gets very limiting which means like you'll have to play, uh, play about five to seven hours before you unlock the second course. And until then you're playing the first golf course in like nine, uh, nine hole mode and then 18 hole mode and then mirror mode and it gets really, really tiring after a point. Um, so... That is one point I did not like. Second is they've added some open world elements to the game by like letting you roam around the uh, EG island, which is everybody's golf island. And uh, you can just pick up things like power-ups and meet people and like uh, go fishing and ride your cart around and whatnot. But frankly, that's a total waste of time because there's nothing that the island really adds. You can just keep it all inside a menu and just make people progress. You know, that would have been much better in my opinion. Um, but yeah, whatever. So... Uh, finally like a good thing about this is there's like local multiplayer so you can sit there and play with your friends and honestly just don't bother with the single player mode get this game only for that um like if you're playing with your friends and all that's when you know games like this and a much better game that's mario kart 8 deluxe uh where these games will really shine so yeah that's i mean that's pretty much it in in terms of what i've been playing all right then, so that's all we have for this episode of Transition and we will see you with another episode next week. If you have any questions, comments or feedback, do write to us at podcast at gadgets360.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram at gadgets360. The music for this episode comes via Magnus Solai Paulson, whose album PPP PPP is where the tracks are from. Thank you so much for listening and if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate it on iTunes. It really helps us a lot.